Welcome to the Xbox Wrap Up, your gaming news podcast that comes out every Friday. I'm your host, Captain Logan, or Logan. We're going to be talking about everything that happened this week in the news. So if you missed out, don't worry about it. I got you covered. I'm going to be talking about all the biggest stories that came out this week. So you don't have to worry about what you missed. You don't have to listen to those weekly shows that tell you about all the stuff that's coming out. We got a lot to talk about this week. I, I honestly, I feel like the game releases this week were the biggest news with Elden Ring and Destiny 2 overshadowing Horizon Zero or Forbidden West coming out this week. We're also going to be talking about Call of Duty. We're going to be talking about the PSVR. Also, Pokemon Day is coming up, and we did get an announcement for Street Fighter 6. There's a bunch of news to go over as far as what's coming in the upcoming weeks with Xbox Game Pass, with free-to-play games coming, or not free-to-play games, but games you can play for free, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla this weekend, as well as the games with gold. So there's a lot to talk about. So if you missed out, don't worry. Hang tight. I got you covered. We're going to be talking about all the news this week and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Xbox Weekly Wrap-Up. Breaking news, uh, we're going to be talking about the DICE Awards because I forgot to mention that that, that was coming out. So uh, we did get some of the announcements. These things are still going on as the time of the recording. I'm trying to push this as late as I can, but unfortunately, at some point, I have to actually put this episode out. So I wanted to make sure to cover some of this. If anything big breaks uh, that happened at the DICE Awards that I didn't talk about, we'll try and cover that next week. But I did want to talk to you about some of the awards that were won. Uh, the DICE Awards, I think, are probably the more fair award systems that's uh that are in place as far as like giving awards to games i think that they're a lot better than the keelys just because they're actually done by industry peers as opposed to uh you know review sites that are coming together and there's opinions and sways and who played what and what they thought of it how much they played all those different things uh so going into some of the dice award winners uh i'm getting all this information thanks to wario 64 who was up late uh or at some point just really staying on top of the twitter man he's so good about this stuff but uh some dice awards that came out so far action game of the year goes to halo infinite uh not really surprised but happy to see it adventure game of the year goes to marvel's guardians of the galaxy another amazing game uh lone echo 2 wins immersive reality technology achievement for the dice awards which uh if you don't know is uh a a sequel to a popular vr title uh also came out with a technical achievement was ratchet and clank rift apart for outstanding technical achievement uh the dice awards let's see uh we also got outstanding achievement and original music composition uh that went to returnal which was cool we also found out that they won uh the achievement for audio design as well for outstanding uh audio design for returnal that was kind of nice uh let's see ed boone from NetherRealm Studios, the one of the, the original creators and continued creator uh, for the Mortal Kombat series, as well as Injustice, was accepted into the Hall of Fame uh, and accepted his award for that. Congrats to Ed Boon. That's a... It's a huge thing. He's been making games since the 90s, and he's been on the same franchise that whole time. Uh, absolutely insane that he's continued to focus so heavily on Mortal Kombat and just keep keeping that legacy alive, man. The Mortal Kombat games have had a real resurgence uh, in the last probably 10 years or so for sure. And it's just it's nice to see, man. It's, it's one of those legacy titles now that everyone just loves and knows. We found out that Pokemon Unite, which you don't know, if you don't know, is one of the MOBA games uh, that is available for mobile as well as Nintendo Switch, uh, one for the best mobile game of the year for from the Dice Awards. And we did find out that Mario Golf Super Rush won for best sports game of the year. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive won for best fighting game. We also had Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart won for outstanding achievement in art direction, which I, I don't blame them at all. It was a beautiful looking game. They also won in uh, Outstanding Achievement in Animation, too, which, again, if you've watched that game, that game is amazingly done. Uh, let's see. Lone Echo 2 wins another award for immersive reality game for Game of the Year. Uh, Halo Infinite wins Online Game of the Year for the DICE Awards with uh, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker being nominated, by the way, which is really surprising considering how popular uh, that was to the point where they actually had to shut down the activation of new accounts we found out that Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village won Outstanding Achievement in Character 
at the Dice Awards. Uh, we also found out that Marty or Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy won for Outstanding Achievement in Story, which I need to get back to because I did win a copy of that from Major Nelson. And uh, we found out that, uh, let's see, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart won for the best family game of the year, which is, it's fair. That's a It's a good game that I think kids could play and have fun with. Definitely much better than the eight It Takes Two that was uh, one, that one for best family game from the Keeleys, uh, which if you've played that game, that game is not a family game. That, that is a game about a family. Uh, but not a family-geared game. Uh, Phil Spencer accepted the Lifetime Achievement Award presented by Todd Howard from Bethesda Studios uh, a couple episodes ago. I think back in the early few episodes, we found out that he was nominated for the Lifetime Achievement Award. He's done such a great job at turning around the Xbox name uh, in the public eye. So it's just really great to see that that he actually, you know, he's getting getting that Lifetime Achievement Award. He's been making games since before he became the CEO of Microsoft Games. Uh, let's see, Fry, or Forza Horizon 5 won Best Racing Game of the Year at the DICE Awards. Final Fantasy Endwalkers uh, won Best Role-Playing Game. So congrats to Final Fantasy XIV. You did actually come in with an award. Uh, Age of Empires uh, 4, yeah, 4 wins Best Strategy and Simulation Game at the DICE Awards. At the time of recording, that was one minute ago that Wario tweeted about that. So like I said, the, the DICE Awards are still going strong. Uh, we don't know what is uh, going to be winning Game of the Year. If I find out by the time I'm recording this, I will see if I can edit it into the end of this segment here uh, while I finish uh, recording the rest of the episode. But very exciting to see the Dice Awards. I've I've absolutely loved uh, to, to see how these are being kind of r- talked about more. I, I mean, it's not as flashy as the the Keeleys with all of the different uh, trailers and announcements and stuff, but I feel like these are a lot more uh, a lot more true to the nature of an award ceremony. You know, they're actually talking about that. I'm not seeing my entire Twitter list blow up with all the different announcements of like, oh my God, did you guys see Pop Boy from Elden Ring on the stage? Keely touched Pop Boy or Pop Man or whatever his name is. Uh, it's it's just it's about the the awards, and I and I appreciate the heck out of that. And congrats to uh, Khalif Adams as well too for uh, making it to to the Dice Awards to be able to present some of those awards. Um, I think. I think there was a few people from very popular in the uh, gaming industry as far as like uh, commentators and stuff to out there doing their thing. So congrats to you guys. I'm glad you guys are out there having fun. It looks like a lot of people are really happy to be out and about and being able to do this at the Dice Awards. The next bit of general news that I wanted to bring up actually comes to us from The Verge, uh, thanks to Ash Ash Parrish uh, for writing up this article. This actually pertains to Twitch. So if you play video games and you stream, this may be something to help kind of uh, take care of the minimum amount to get paid out for uh, Twitch. I think uh, just recently I just got one of the few times I ever do get paid out uh, by Twitch because I don't stream a whole lot. Uh, I'm sure if I did, I'd probably be able to earn more and whatnot but that's on me i don't have the the time with two podcasts plus working regular and trying to play with people on online uh, i don't have quite as much time to be able to uh, stream as much as i want plus my system's getting old and when you try and play games when you can barely get 30 frames per second uh, it just doesn't feel fun to, to be playing on that but there's a the thing that i'm going to be talking about a little bit later on that might help out with that so Let's talk about this uh, new program that Twitch is creating. So again, thank you to Ash Parrish uh, over on The Verge for writing up this article, helping to summarize it for for me to be able to share with you. Uh, But Twitch is trying to implement a new initiative that could alleviate one of the biggest stressors of content creation, which is, of course, unreliable income. The Ad Incentive Program, which they're calling the AIP, is a new program that will pay select streamers a guaranteed monthly minimum amount of ad revenue. Qualified affiliate or partnered streamers will receive a notification from Twitch offering them different payouts based on the amount of ads run per hour and total hours streamed. In the example, Twitch provided in a creator streamed, uh, if a creator streamed for at least 40 hours that month, they could receive $100 for running two minutes of ads per hour, $300 for three minutes, and $500 for four minutes. So four minutes for uh, out of an hour, you know, you've got 56 minutes of content. That's probably a better ratio than Hulu is, I would imagine. Uh, So, but a guaranteed uh, $500 per month 
uh, for 40 hours at the bare minimum is not hard. That is that is easy. And that's a that's a pretty good uh, payout for that. I don't think I've ever received a payout as good as that. So I, I could definitely consider running uh, 40 hours a month uh, and doing four minutes an uh, uh, ad. And if people want to save their money and not have to do the the Twitch uh, sub, then that would be better. You know, I mean, of course, subs are always going to be the best way to, to do payouts because of how much you can get there. But for smaller streamers, this is actually a pretty good deal. Um, having three different tiers of, of options for you um, helps if you don't like doing ads, you know, you don't want to subject people to that. But I mean, if you're going to go AFK, which... If you're streaming for more than a few hours, you really should take a you know a good break, stand up, walk around, get some water, make sure you're taking care of yourself. It is a job, you know. At least in the state of California, every two hours we're supposed to take 15 minutes uh, for a break, if not a half hour before our fifth hour. Uh, they're very very particular about making sure that you do that, so that way you're not you're not constantly being subjected to uh, a bad work environment. So same thing goes with Twitch. Um, when you're playing games, it's easy to sit down and just start playing, and then four hours go by you haven't eaten anything and you know you probably should you really should if you're doing that you know and your streaming community should get used to the idea of you working a job in the sense that you should be taking care of yourself so i see it with other streamers they're very good at making sure they take their time they make sure that they let their stream know that we're going to be taking a break. They usually tell them for how long, and then they usually step out. And at that time, that's a great time to put some ads on. You know, if you want to take a break, why not run uh, a four-minute ad? Have everyone get up, especially for the people watching. Go get somebody to drink, you know, get a snack, walk around, sit down, check on people, make sure, you know, pets are still alive, things like that. And that way it kind of helps incentivize, you know, you you getting used to the idea that ads are something that are necessary evil if you want to have uh, the people earning money for the content that they're putting out there, especially if you don't feel like you want to subscribe to them. Maybe you can't subscribe to them. Maybe you aren't paying Jeff Bezos $130 a year for Amazon Prime and, and uh, giving uh, you a, a monthly sub to give to one person every month uh, if you remember to do it on the day that it's it's up. Um, so I, I like this. I think they're, they're taking a stronger step towards uh, making sure that they understand that what they're doing is providing a platform to be able to pay people for content that is being made. And this is a lot better than just the the systems that they currently have in place. Um, it's, it's so hard to try and get payouts as a Twitch streamer if you can't dedicate that much time. But 40 hours a month, if you break it up to four hours uh, a week or 40 hours, uh, or no, what is this? 10 hours every week. That's not even a part-time job at that point. So it should be, shouldn't be too hard, especially if you can take it and spread it out throughout the course of the week, stream a couple hours a night. Uh, by the time you get done with your full week, you've got your 10 hours right there. So pretty cool. I like this. I think I might actually try this. I might actually check and see if I get access to this. And if I do, I will probably report back and see if it's something that you should be keeping an eye out for as well. You mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Speaking of Twitch, let's get into the Xbox news. This week we found out thanks to Brenna Duffett over at the Xbox Platform Services, who's a software engineer. Uh, they put out an article on the uh, news site for Xbox that Xbox live streaming with Twitch is now going to be made available to anyone. So if you have an Xbox One console or if you have an Xbox Series S or X, you can now stream to Twitch through the uh, built-in integration uh, with the Xbox app through the streaming. So this is something that the PS5 has. This is something that I think that the PS5 does really well, uh, considering the amount of times that I've streamed from Twitch, uh, from my PS5 console to my Xbox console. Uh, the workaround that I had to go to to be able to stream from my Xbox was a huge pain in the ass. It really was. I didn't like it. It was always finicky. I never enjoyed it. I still really don't like the way that they have kind of their overlay being that they that you can't actually see the Twitch chat that pops up. 
when you're actually playing that's something that the ps5 does really well uh, it also narrates it too if you want to it also has a uh, text-to-speech too so if you are, are streaming to an audience and that audience doesn't have uh, if you can't do captions but that audience has uh, visual impairments uh, having text-to-speech for the people who are chatting may actually help kind of like let people know like hey by the way this is what other everyone else is saying which could be good if you're a small streamer and you don't have that many that many chatters but if you're a big streamer it could be something you probably want to turn off but again that's ps5 we're talking about xbox right now so i checked this out uh i do have access to this on my xbox series x i didn't check on my xbox one because i haven't turned it on in a while because i just i really don't have enough time to play on my console in the the bedroom where the other the other console is but the times that i did get to jump on my xbox series x uh, i'm generally going to be playing on the better screen so um, the easiest way to do this is to head over to your Xbox console, open up the uh, the main page there from the Nexus button or the X button, depending on how you want to call it, and navigate over to the Capture and Share tab. Once you're there, you should be able to see live streaming just above the Capture Settings option. So it should be very, very bottom, second from the bottom, and you'll see that. Once you do that, it'll open up a link uh, for you to be able to link up your Twitch account. There's going to be a URL or a QR code that you can uh, use with your phone to be able to navigate to the website where it'll then ask you to link up your account. You'll have to sign into your Twitch account on the website and then connect uh, to the Xbox uh, system and, and authorize that. Once your account is linked, uh, you can then select the Go Live Now button to instantly go live and start live streaming the games that are downloaded to your console. Uh, you can change the stream name, you can turn on the microphone, you can even plug in a webcam if you really want to, uh, although I, I wouldn't recommend it just because it seems like a weird experience to have a webcam for a console in a room that might be roughly 7 to 12 feet away from where you're actually sitting. I don't know what you'd actually be watching that but I, I do know people do that so i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna you know knock it if, if that's what people want to do maybe you're not even that type of person maybe you're a streamer that just likes to capture from your actual console uh but for right now you don't have a pc that is working that that can capture to it you want to just directly stream from there you've got a nice screen on your desk and you can put a monitor or a webcam on top of that plenty of ways to go about it but it's nice that you can actually plug in your headset and webcam uh, you can change the stream title you can turn on on the microphone and then that actually pops up some of the uh the settings as far as like being able to change the game audio the microphone volume the resolution as well as adjust the overlay which if i recall correctly we just recently got an update that changed the overlay to be more um compact i think would be the way to go about it uh so i do like that it, it's nice when you open up the uh the main menu as well too it'll actually have a live streaming bar that is just under the my games and apps section that you can actually navigate to as well if you want to be able to uh turn off the option uh the to stream or if you want to adjust any of the settings there so Really cool that they're doing this. It was something that was desperately needed, especially when they removed uh, Mixer and they got rid of Mixer, which was still a really big bummer. I really liked Mixer. I thought for a long time, actually, I was going to go over to Mixer, especially with Sea of Thieves. Um, but before I made that decision, they killed it and handed it off to Facebook, which I don't think Facebook's doing anything good with it, so I wouldn't recommend going over there. Uh, but needless to say, this was much needed. I still think Xbox has a lot of uh, room to grow with their captures and streaming. Uh, the, the PS5 just, for whatever reason, is just far more superior when it comes to capturing uh, how much um, video you want. Like, your oh man, the capture settings are so good. You can change the resolution, the duration. I think you can capture up to like five minutes. It's insane. Uh, with the with the xbox it's either uh 30 seconds of 4k one minute of 1080 or four minutes i think four or five minutes with uh 720 but 720 is fine um it's fine but it's not going to be as cool as having like a 1080 uh one minute clip you know um something about that i just i feel like most people are kind of expecting at the bare minimum 1080p for all devices even on mobile phones now it seems like that's that's the expected resolution that you should at the bare minimum watch any kind of video at if and most people would probably want to watch it at 4k if possible so those are kind of cool but i'm glad they're doing this uh let's see see better optimizations let's see uh, more features built into that please and thank you
Real quickly, uh, if you're listening to this on the day of release, you have a couple options to be able to play some games this weekend for free over on the Xbox if you have Xbox Live Gold or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So starting uh, at the time of recording, Thursday, February 24th until Sunday, February 27th, you can play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That is the game that came out two years ago uh, that, that honestly I played a fair amount of and really, really enjoyed uh, the time that I spent with it. That game is is an experience um, and it's fun to run around as Ivor and just hack things up with two hacks, axes. It's, it's a really good game. Um, I think a lot of people don't like it because it's uh, just another Assassin's Creed game, but the Viking aesthetic works really well. I think the the world is beautiful and being able to climb up and do just about anything you want uh, took me back to a time where I played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and got a real good sense of of how that felt. So combat feels good. The, the trees are a lot of fun to be able to dive into, to be able to buff up what you're going to be doing. You're going to see like negligible increases as like a, a typical RPG light. Uh, but you do you, you get to different gear. Uh, the the expansions for that are insane. They're constantly putting out new content for that game all the time. It seems like uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think they even said they were going to be delaying the next uh, Assassin's Creed game by a year just to make sure that um, what they do come out with is significant. So. Uh, if I recall correctly. The other two games that you can play are The Escapist 2 and Train Sim World 2. If you're interested in those two, The Escapist 2, uh, kind of that retro uh, fun game where you're you're um, trying to get out, you're trying to break out of one of the toughest prisons in the world. Um, you can create a custom uh, convict and immerse yourself in the prison life. You're going to be playing by the rules or following the routines uh, whilst you plot your, your bid for freedom across multiple unique themed prisons. And uh, this is one that you can actually do locally uh, with three players or online co-op uh, to have fun with that. And there's even a versus mode if you really want to uh, have some fun. Or you can just play it solo as well. Train Simulator World 2. Uh, very much in the way that it is uh, uh, stated, the title, you're going to be playing uh, with trains and you're going to be creating a uh, different rails uh, to be able to challenge, um, you know, long hauls versus uh, just using raw power of different trains. Uh, you're going to be mastering the patterns and stations of world famous uh, uh, train depots as well as going into the free day plays event. Uh, you can check out the new creator club that they made for that uh, to be able to share the different types of liveries that you've either designed or other people have designed uh, and just have some fun. You know, if you're into those sim ones, this is one that a lot of people like and kind of fun that they're putting that out there. So again, this is going till the 27th. So very short time that you'll be able to jump into this. Uh, make sure that you're getting that. And as we get closer and closer towards the next month, uh, we're going to be getting the next set of games with gold. This is about $90 worth of value and 4,000 in gamer score. Uh, the four games that we're going to be getting are the uh, Flame in the Flood, uh, Street Power Soccer, Sacred 2, The Fallen Angel, as well as SpongeBob's Truth or Square, uh, the last two being 360 games. Um, the flood and the flame, excuse me, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, the flame and the flood, as well as uh, Sacred 2 Fallen Angel, uh, both of those are going to be made available from March to or March 1st to March uh, 15th or beyond. Uh, then at the 16th through the 31st, actually no, they did this. They keep miss, they keep messing with this too. Okay, so Sacred 2 is going to be made available from March 1st to the 15th. From uh, March 1st to the 31st is going to be the Flame and the Flood. Uh, from March 16th to the 31st is SpongeBob Truth or Square. And then from March 16th to April 15th is Street Power Soccer 2. Or no, excuse me, not two, just one. Um, so a few different games out there if you guys want to jump into. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about this. I think the Sacred 2 Fallen Angel, I think that might be like a God Simulator RTS style game. Uh, but don't know too much about those games. But they're free. Definitely head over once they're made available. Jump in, have some fun with them. Uh, just make sure you're picking up those free games because realistically, why not? It doesn't seem like uh, Xbox actually punishes people the way Sony does when it comes to those um do, 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 trying to see if there's anything interesting about this uh no not really just kind of normal stuff so we'll move into what's coming into game pass so game pass uh stuff that's coming soon 
Uh, we've got lawn mowing or lawnmower simulator. Actually, that is in now, uh, as well as Madden NFL 2 uh, for console and PC. Lawn mowing, lawn mowing simulator is one that I think a lot of people are happy about. That's just a really a really goofy simulation game where you're picking up different mowers. You have to, to go through different yards, not hitting things. Uh, you also get the opportunity to mow really large areas and get some really big mowers. Uh, Madden, Madden, Madden. Wow, I can't talk today. I'm sorry. Madden NFL 22 is now available after the uh, Super Bowl, which I found out was last week or a couple weeks ago. I can't remember. Uh, that is now available uh so if you want to play that you can definitely jump in a lot of people seem to not really enjoy it afterwards because you're generally playing with uh with the players as they are kind of moving from roster to roster that stuff always stays up to date uh total warhammer 3 which i talked about last week is one of the highest rated games this year so far uh, that is available on pc through game pass that was a day one uh, which was really kind of cool then we've also got robo quest which is in game preview that is a fast-paced fps roguelite that is playable in solo or co-op uh, that came on february 22nd uh, where you play as a, a, a robot in a scorched world uh, where you battle against hordes of deadly robots in a high octane gameplay uh, you're high powered Hyper Mobile Gun, Gun Guardian, blah, I almost said Gundam, uh, is ready to fight through an ever-changing environment fueled by an adrenaline-pumping soundtrack. I don't know who writes this stuff up, but man, they try to be as colorful as possible. Megan Spur, of course. Uh, Megan McGame Pass. Uh, you've also got a bunch of different games that are coming out this week as well, too. So uh, Galactic Civilization 3 for PC. Super Mega Baseball 3 for console through EA Play, and Alice Madness Returns for PC on EA Play. That comes out on the 28th, so next week. Um, Alice Madness Returns, I think, is already available on console. So if you want to play that on your console, you should be able to find that fairly easily. But if you're on PC, uh, you can now play that through as well, too. That's always been one that's been on the back of my mind. I've always wanted to jump into that just because it looks like a, an interesting take on the story of Alice in the wonderland uh but never never actually did it i don't know why just uh, for whatever reason and the last little bit of news uh before i dive into game releases this week for xbox i did want to talk about the fact that if you are playing knockout city uh, that game is going free to play in year two. So uh, it came out recently for all consoles. Uh, talking about it with Xbox seems to make sense because that's probably why you're here. Uh, but that game is going free to play. So if you didn't pick it up before, hold out because uh, now with it going free to play, the company is trying to strive towards publishing uh, outside of EA. Um, they are going for the free to play route because Velen Studios announced that they intend to take over the publishing duties from ea uh, it has been priced at around 20 dollars with a deluxe edition going for 30 dollars uh, news of this came to us thanks to nintendoeverything.com and this was posted by brian uh any underscore brian on twitter so this is one where I know a lot of people were looking at it that looks like a, a, a clone of like a Splatoon game, um, but Dodgeball and uh, Fortnite mixed. But essentially, um, if, if they're looking to retain any kind of multiplayer for this, uh, having them go free to play is going to be the easiest way to do that. Uh, they did say uh, that if you did purchase this recently, that they would be compensating you with in-game currency to be able to use towards cosmetics uh, with them having over, I think, 1,500 different types of cosmetics. But uh, glad to see that they are still supporting the game. Uh, I know the people that liked it really enjoyed it. And it seemed pretty solid as far as what they're going to be doing. Uh, but they will be adding um, some new stuff coming down the line in the next season, as well as uh, the, the year two will kind of be kicking off um, season six as they look to bring in a whole bunch of different stuff. So anyone that bought uh the the legendary or the deluxe edition and stuff you're going to be getting some free stuff coming soon here the other bit of news that i wanted to talk about where it kind of pertains to xbox uh in the sense that um well they're now owned by xbox is call of duty so this story comes to us from eddie over at GameSpot. uh the tagline being no call of duty in 2023 uh, could have a major lasting impact on gaming according to one analyst uh in it was a recent report uh, in 2023's Call of Duty game that it would not be official or that hasn't been officially announced 
uh, but will not in fact launch that year and is now coming in 2022. Uh, NPD analyst Matt Piscatella said on social media that he believes this would be a huge blow to the retail environment and the premium game market overall. Sharing his thoughts on Twitter, Piscatella said that the game or that the Call of Duty franchise skipping a yearly release in 2023 would help accelerate the push to live service games and away from upfront sales of premium releases. This would be a huge blow, quote unquote, uh, to retail and to the premium gaming segment as a whole. Uh, would also ask or accelerate the shift away from premium releases where consumers purchase upfront to games supported by sales of DLC slash microtransactions. Not sure that acceleration could be slowed afterwards, Piscatella says. It's really interesting to think about this given that the news uh, came out recently that Activision Blizzard is going to be releasing a new version of the free-to-play battle royale game Warzone with Warzone 2 coming in the future. Uh, and they're looking to see if they can try and spend some more time on uh, 2023's game so that they can try and uh, make some good marketing efforts to, to push people towards uh, Call of Duty Mobile, um, which is the, the actual real kind of money maker from what I understand of it. Uh, let's see. So the Call of Duty series has been released on an annual basis since 2000, 2005. This game has been an annual release. We've had a, a Call of Duty released every year for the last 17 years which is bonkers, absolutely bonkers. So this would indeed be a major shift for the franchise. Uh, it's reported that Treyarch, the creators of the popular Black Ops series, is developing the Call of Duty game that might have been delayed to 2024. The reported delay is apparently due in part to Activision's effort to improve its quality and help Call of Duty series return stronger after Call of Duty Vanguard's missed uh, missing on the mark in some ways. Um, bear in mind, Call of Duty Vanguard, while it was kind of a popular flop, uh, still made some amazing numbers in the year, in the the months that it was released. Um, so let's see. This is all happening as Microsoft moves to acquire Activision Blizzard and all of its franchises studios for sixty eight point seven billion dollars. Um, so yeah, it, it looks like there's going to be some changes. Uh, let's see. Twenty twenty two's Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 2 uh, reboot is uh, in fact being developed by Infinity Ward. That was something that came out recently and that will be something that comes out uh, towards the end of 2022. And then we will have a break between 2022 till 2024 when we see Treyarch's uh, Call of Duty game and what that will be. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're doing this. Uh, could be for good reasons, could be for bad reasons, but it definitely feels like they need to go back to the drawing board and really take a good hard look at what they need to do to uh, shore up bugs, to make sure that it's solid, uh, that people aren't running into weird issues, and to really kind of think about like what kind of a story do they want to tell, give some narrative uh, to, to the Call of Duty franchise again. I think Modern Warfare, uh, the most recent one, was actually my favorite favorite um, version of it. I, I still want to play Call of Duty, what was it, Cold War last year? Uh, not last year, but the year before that. Uh, Vanguard interests me less just because I don't like the gunplays of that. I've always preferred kind of the more modern shooters and stuff. Um, so, but I know a lot of people really enjoy that. And especially given the uh, Battlefield 2042 uh, issues that came at launch, plus the the introductory cost of a full price game with no campaign, um, really does kind of say like most games are probably going to be going free to play if they can. Uh, which, you know, if they offer a campaign, they want to, you know, you want to pay for campaign, that's fine as well too. You know, I mean, that's, that's how you want to go about it. Go for it. I'm not, I'm not going to say anyone can or can't. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Elden Ring. It is the highest rated game uh, this year. It is probably the highest rated game uh, for the last couple years. Elden Ring is out now. If you don't know what this is, this is from uh, the <laughs> it is the latest Souls game from software from from so God, why did they have to do that? It's the latest game from developer FromSoft. Where, uh, where, where essentially you're going to be playing in an open world. It is a uh, fantasy RPG. Uh, the From Software company does amazing games. None of them that I've ever played or feel like playing, just based off of the style of gameplay. Uh, you're going to be jumping. You're going to, or not jumping. You're going to be dodging. You're going to be parrying and blocking blows uh, from large, large beasts. I cannot believe like how how good this company is like from software seems to be making non-stop hits and it doesn't seem like they're going to be stopping anytime soon uh so i was uh, like 
if not for the fact that Destiny 2 came out this week, I was going to be pretty annoyed at the fact that I was going to have to deal with everyone constantly talking about how amazing Front or Elden Ring is. I've been watching a lot of people stream it just to kind of feel like what they're they're going to be saying uh if you have any questions about you know how good this game could possibly be as far as rating goes last week we had horizon forbidden west and total war uh warhammer 3 both two games that came out at 88 on open critic elden ring launches at 96 it is almost a perfect game in fact if i had to take a look Let's see. So 2022 Hall of Fame. No, that's not what I wanted. Let me see if I can pull up real quick uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild just to see how it compares. And the reason why uh, I, I'm, I'm wanting to compare these two uh, is because <laughs> last week we had um, Horizon Forbidden West come out. And Horizon Forbidden West uh, was one of the highest games, mo most anticipated games. It was delayed from uh last year into this year and a week later elden ring which uh comes out on open critic at a 96 absolutely destroys all news about horizon forbidden west like everyone last week was talking about horizon forbidden west there was tons of you know everywhere on twitter it was it was amazing everyone was talking about it uh it's been a, a really beautiful addition to the franchise and really learns from the the first iteration going back in time horizon for or horizon zero dawn uh had the same launch it was a really really amazing game it came out everyone really loved it and then legend of zelda breath of the wild came out like a week or two later and just absolutely destroyed everyone's expectations of what an open world game could be and everyone forgot about horizon and now this is happening again so i looked it up horizon uh or Hor no uh legend of zelda breath of the wild launched march 3rd on 2017 and open critic has it at a 96. so elden ring and legend of zelda breath of the wild both have the same score horizon forbidden west and horizon zero dawn came out uh within a month uh you know a couple weeks before each of these games and is again being completely destroyed as far as like who's talking about what and it feels like horizon series uh, whether uh, zero dawn or forbidden west seems to be doomed to live in the shadow of games that are either zelda or zelda like in in its inspiration because from software games have always talked about how they've wanted they've taken inspiration from zelda as far as their gameplay and, and what they want to create with their worlds um but congratulations to from software uh, I hate the way your guys' game looks. It looks ugly to me. Uh, and I hate the dodge parry mechanics. I really, I, I don't like the fact that it's all timing based. I'm not good at that. And you won't put an easy mode in for me that opens up the parry window or the dodge window. I just have to deal with that. So I have heard that playing this game with co-op uh, does kind of, you know, make it into an easy er game an easier game but um honestly if i'm playing through a, a single player game uh and i have to have people come in to help me um unless it's intended from from the get-go to be able to have stuff like that and you have difficulty modes to help try and balance adding the additional players to that having someone else come in who knows how to play from software games and kind of just basically hold my hand through the game uh doesn't make me feel like i'm achieving it at my own level um I, I like the idea of being able to play a game if i intend to play it solo and play it at the difficulty that suits my play style uh to be able to do that um not to say that they need to do this uh but just to speak to whether or not i'm going to engage with it now i think because this game is from from software and people are so familiar with their past games with games like sekiro and uh, bloodborne dark souls franchise and demon souls uh there's already a built-in understanding of that this game is going to be one of the most played games and will probably be in the running for game of the year if not it, it ends up being game of the year the ironic thing here is that if Nintendo actually sticks the landing on their promises, that means that Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is slated to, end, to, to launch at the end of this year, which would be a holiday release in the same year that Horizon Forbidden West launched, as well as Elden Ring and potentially God of War Ragnarok. 
Now, God of War was the game of the year for 2018, if I recall correctly. I could be wrong about that as, as far as the Keeleys are uh, uh, involved. Zelda The Breath of the Wild was definitely game of the year for pretty much everyone back in 2017. Um, and, I, and I would imagine <laughs> there's a good chance that Elden Ring is going to be the game of the year this year. Unless Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 manages to top its previous title, which it has a good good chance to do so. They're only releasing one trailer they haven't even released the name of the game so i imagine this year e3 with you know with some luck we'll we'll hopefully see more about going on in that but I, I cannot believe that horizon forbidden west got breath of the wild again but this time by elden ring and uh yeah so everyone's playing it everyone's really happy about it i hope everyone enjoys it if, if that's the thing that you're looking forward to it's not my back it's nothing personal you don't have to defend it you didn't make the game it's just not something i care about so going into uh, the other game, the game that I actually played this week, that I actually thought was really cool this week, Destiny 2 Witch Queen launched on 2222022 uh, or February 22nd, 2022, which was a uh, pretty, pretty awesome day to launch a game, if I'm, if I'm going to say so. It's kind of like 11-11-2011, uh, which I think was, what was that, Skyrim's uh, launch day? I, I remember them saying it was like 11-11-11. Uh, so Destiny 2 Witch Queen launched um, its latest expansion for Destiny 2. It brings in uh, a new world um, from an own world, but it's like it's Mars, but there's a throne world that is different than actually being Mars because it's all in Savathun's head. And overall, it's just a really, really good game. They they introduced uh, the remake of the Void uh, class. So if you're familiar with uh, the different classes that they have, the different light elements, there's stasis, uh, solar, arc and void void got 3.0 i really like it i think it's great my warlock is so much more fun to play this uh nowadays with void um and uh took me out of solar for a long time because i always had well uh but i really 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 love what they did with that the glaive if i can speak to that for a second the glaive that you use uh with is not only is just a melee weapon but it is a ranged weapon and has a shield that uh gains capacity um, depending on how much damage you do with the ranged attack. So the more you damage with the ranged attack, the the faster recharge your shield gets that you can use, which is just a really cool idea, man. Uh, and, and realistically, the story, I don't know everything that's going on with it, but the cinematics are beautiful. The gunplay is spot on. Uh, Bungie knows how to make a game. They know how to make a shooter and they know how to make that shooter feel good. Every kill feels satisfying and the challenge is there, especially given that the campaign you can now play in normal or legendary mode, uh, which caps your power level versus not capping your power level and increases the damage that you take versus the health of the bosses and, and enemies. Uh, you can play it co-op if you want. You can do it solo if you want. Um, there, there's just a lot coming down the pike that I think this, this expansion is probably going to be the best expansion that I think Witch Queen has had since people tell me uh, would be Forsaken. I didn't play Forsaken when it came out. I only played it afterwards during Season of the Lost, I think is when I started back in, what was that, July 2020? Yeah, back in July 2020. I've been playing this game for two years now, uh, almost two years now, and uh, just absolutely really surprised at how, how good this game is. I ended up picking up Destiny 1, uh, which I played through a little bit of, which I'll, I'll get into. Well, uh, we'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into this. Hang on a sec all right so what i missed due to world of warcraft uh this week we're going to be talking about destiny one this is something that i uh picked up recently i went to um the local or a local retro store uh down in downtown sacramento had a good time there um i managed to pick up a copy of destiny 2 for three dollars this was supposed to be the collector's edition which had expansions one two taken king and rise of iron it didn't actually have that because the code that was in there was already used which you know if, if you're buying a used game and it has a code that people have to use if they want that content kind of expected that you're going to miss out on using that code but the base game of destiny's in there 
I've been playing uh, a warlock that I built because I didn't have one during Destiny 1, so I didn't port over my warlock that I was using in Destiny 2. I had Destiny 2's uh, warlock when they introduced uh, the PC com or the PZ uh, port of Destiny 2 when it came on the Blizzard launcher, and, and I was very upset because I was like, why is Destiny putting their game on my 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 blizzard battle net launcher that's for blizzard games not for every game uh and then turns to you know it, it worked it got me to play destiny too uh so i created a warlock and then i sat on that account forever until it went free to play uh, when it moved over to steam and uh bungie moved away from activision blizzard and then i poured it over my stuff because i figured i don't want to lose out on that and then it took a couple more years before I ended up jumping onto that. But going back to Destiny 1, uh, I played through the opening experience and was really surprised at how the experience is essentially replicated in Destiny 2 when you start off with a new light. And it's it was so weird. It's so weird to be so familiar with a game that you've never played because you've been playing the sequel for over 600 hours. Uh, so I jumped in and I got to see the original tower, which was elegant and beautiful. And I'm really bummed out that it's not the tower that we have right now. <laughs> I really want that tower. Uh, but really cool. I didn't know that you could effectively go in and play through Destiny 1 and do all of that stuff still. It seems crazy that this game came out so long ago uh, that I missed it because of World of Warcraft. And now I'm able to go back and actually enjoy it and actually jump into the raids if I want. Be able to play the old strikes and see how they've brought some of those strikes into Destiny 2 with a slight revamps. And just, again, I've, I've never been so familiar with a game I've never played because so much of the content that they have in the sequel is uh, brought forward with new story and new characters or old characters and new story. Uh, but really, absolutely fantastic. I'm... I'm kind of bummed that I missed out on Destiny for so much. Uh, I remember listening to a ATP, I think is what the, the podcast is with John Syracuse. Uh, big, big Apple uh, accidental tech podcast. That's what it's called. Uh, I, I used to listen to them a lot for kind of general Apple news. I was a big Apple guy back in the day. And uh, ever since they, you know, before they went and screwed up all their hardware uh, to where I hate it. So I listened to them. And I remember him talking about having a 1080 plasma in his living room and how he had Destiny 2 on his PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 3. I can't remember. Probably 3. And him being so upset for playing so much Destiny that the uh, plasma had burn in from the um the ui <laughs> back in the day and i remember listening to the podcast and then a year later they they had a check-in to see like what it was like for his plasma and if he still had the burn-in and i kid you not a year later he still had the burn-in from destiny 2 but after he he realized that he was getting burn-in from the ui he banned destiny and game consoles off of the plasma so he couldn't play it so now as i skip forward to 2022 i'm sitting here playing on an lgc1 oled worried about burn-in and i'm constantly thinking like back to the day where i was listening to john Syracuse on the atp podcast talk about destiny burning into his plasma and thinking that's gonna happen on my on my lgc1 if i'm not careful i have to make sure i'm careful i, I lower the the hud opacity to so it's bought it's it's lowest amount so it's not constantly doing there and i put on the pixel shift option for for the settings on the tv and i'm like okay i'm only going to play, be playing for a few hours on the console uh, i don't want to have burn in i'll switch things and, and make sure that you know thankfully my wife doesn't watch anything that has like static images and stuff but man i it's like it's haunted me it's haunted me ever since uh ever since I listened to that podcast now. So every time I associate burn-in, it's always with Destiny on Plasmas and stuff. So, but absolutely fantastic game. Can't believe it's it's so good. Um, they, they, I, I, it's amazing to hear the stories of how people hate so much of the stuff that Bungie does with this game, uh, considering how killer of an app they made. Uh, with this Destiny and Destiny 2. So uh, just so much fun. Anyway, let's get back to uh, what we were talking about with uh, Destiny 2. 
So yeah, Destiny 2 is out, Witch Queen is a lot of fun. Uh, I've been diving into the lore to understand more about that. I like the new exotics, uh, the new the new public events are really good. Uh, the new character that I won't spoil uh, if you haven't played through it yet is adorable. And I absolutely love them. And I think that uh, I was really bummed out that I didn't get the collector's edition at this point now because it seems like the collector's editions always seem to introduce a new character. Uh, and those characters like last uh, Beyond Light was the Exo Stranger, which I, I really regret not having. Uh, but this one is, is great, too. I really wish I had the collector's edition for this, but uh, I already ended up spending a bunch of money on this game anyway. And then totally compensating by getting a bunch of free money from work to be able to use for Xbox points and stuff. So I only ended up spending about $40 on the $100 worth of stuff on there. So yay, cheating the system kind of in a very legal way. Uh, but other than that, Elden Ring and Destiny 2 were kind of the big things that came out this week. I don't think there's anything big uh, else that I can think of that was that was kind of popping up. Lost Ark is still going strong. Uh, if you don't know, it is the most played game right now on on Steam, I believe, as far as concurrency, like who was playing. So we we found out that uh, Eldering came out. We were checking concurrency on Steam. Lost Ark is still up there in the top, and then it's like Elden Ring, and then Call or no Counter Strike, and then Dota Two, and those are like the top four as far as like player base goes for Steam. Absolutely insane that Steam still has people playing so much of COD uh, or not Call of Duty. I always want to say Call of Duty Counter Strike, uh, Counter Strike compared to you know the fact that Valorant's out there, but Counter Strike as well as Dota Two. So huge player bases still for some reason don't get it and PUBG's doing really good too which is also really strange because i thought that game would have died but apparently going free to play was a good thing so that's pretty much as far as the xbox news uh and general game news that pertains to xbox let's dive into some sony stuff the big news that came out from PlayStation that wasn't dealing with Destiny 2 or Elden Ring because obviously those are multi-console games was in fact the reveal for the PlayStation VR 2 headset design. Uh, we finally got some finalized images of the controllers as well as the headset. The headset looks really good, not going to lie. Uh, I, I'm usually one to pick on Sony for their design for their hardware for the PS5, uh, but I do think that they kind of killed it with it. Uh, the PSVR 2 has a really sleek design. Reminds me a lot of a white plasticky version of the kind of scope um, helmets that they have in like a lot of Japanese anime where it looks very militaristic in style. But uh, with one cable on the left hand side of the headset, I can see this being as an easily detached thing that won't get in the way. It looks like it's a thinner cable, so you shouldn't have too much weight or bulk messing with it. I know a lot of people are against the uh, cable system because it's, it's something you can get tripped up on and while i don't disagree i do think that uh, with a long enough cable it shouldn't be a problem and you shouldn't be venturing too far with this uh the orb styled uh controllers are something that remind me of the vibe i think they're they're kind of the go-to when it comes to uh being able to sense have that good hand tracking with the inside tracking on the headset itself uh having these will be good hand tracking systems for games that, that want to be able to give you the opportunity to pick up objects or move objects with your actual hands uh as you're kind of playing in, in different worlds the thing that i like about this that I'm kind of confused on that I, I'm, I'm hoping to, to kind of hear more about this because the, the verbiage that they're using for this uh, seems like it could go either way. So um, talking from the blog post that they put out, uh, they had a lot of positive feedback on the ergonomics, uh, ergonomics of the first PSVR headset. And by carefully balancing the headset weight between the front and the back uh, and having a headset that has an adjustable scope uh, that places the scope area closer or further away from the face. Uh, and part of that is due to just how our eyes work. You know, we have different focal lengths based on the shape of our eye, uh, which in turn kind of contributes to people's people being nearsighted or farsighted and having corrective lenses for that. Uh, hopefully when they're talking about having a scope area that can be closer or further away from the face will help with that. Uh, it's something that I'm concerned with. I plan on picking up the PSVR 2 when it becomes available. Uh, it will be the first major VR experience I've had that will be uh, kind of on my own. The only time I've ever used VR was when I had a, a Vive headset that I got to try out at a GameStop uh, back before the pandemic. 
actually for back before um probably 2017 i would say uh was when i when i really got a chance to try it and even then it was really impressive uh but i haven't tried it since and while i've become a little more sensitive to like motion sickness uh, i don't think this this will be a too big of a problem just based on the hardware and how how good the screens are going to be for this um but i'm looking forward to testing this out but being that i am very nearsighted i very very uh rough uh, uh issues with my eyes i have like an astigmatism in my right eye it's a, a real pain i have i have really bad eyes <laughs> so i'm hoping that the adjustable adjustable scope helps out with that um the other part of this that might help people if you do have eye vision issues uh is they added a feature that allows you to adjust the lens die or, or it's a dial for adjusting the lenses so that you can change the space between uh, your eyes so if your eyes are further set apart or closer together uh, it looks like you can actually change the lenses to move them in inwards or outwards um, depending on like away from the the middle of your nose to closer to your nose so that may help out with people and having different sized heads as, as well um, i know with my vision, I have issues because of my stigmatism, being able to see certain things. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just a pain. I hate eyes, man. And I can't get LASIK. So it, it kills me every time, but I'm hoping that they've taken into account the fact that, uh, not everyone has really good vision and not everyone wants to spend a hundred bucks on a pair of lenses to stick into a VR goggle that you're going to wear for a few hours uh, a week. Um, so if that's the case, I think they're going to kill it. I think that this is going to be an amazing piece of hardware. It already looks like it's going to be an amazing piece of hardware just based on the specs that they're that they're telling us it's going to be uh and being that it's connected up to the ps5 uh i'm hoping that with uh new experiences that they're going to be bringing out like the horizon call of the mountain uh from gorilla and fire spite that they are going to take advantage of their first party companies uh developers and really try to build out interesting unique uh, experiences for the the PlayStation VR 2 that will help kind of give a good guidance on where VR games should be heading with games like uh, Half-Life Alex. Um, what was the other one I was just thinking about? Oh, I just I just forgot about the Resident Evil 4 came out recently. There was one other really major game that came out for VR and for some reason it's escaping me but after the DICE Awards and seeing Lost Echo 2 uh, I think we're in a good direction. I think we're heading towards a good direction. Maybe it was Resident Evil 7. Maybe it was it was Resident Evil 7 that I was thinking about because that was a pretty good experience. Uh, I know Doom VR was pretty pretty uh, interesting as far as people enjoying Doom VR. Um, but overall, I think VR is an interesting place. I think it has yet to really find its calling. And I'm waiting for developers to kind of move forward with the software to really justify the hardware. Uh, but I think given PlayStation's dedication to having a VR headset in the marketplace uh, will help kind of push this all forward. I think if anyone's going to do it, I think uh, Sony has the developers to be able to back up these experiences. Even if I would say that uh, Playground Games would probably be a, a really good company to create a VR title. Um, I, I, I don't hope that they, I hope that they don't do that. I think 343 could probably have some fun with that as well, too, uh, with a Master Chief kind of a, a Spartan shooter um i think they could probably kill it as well too and, and who wouldn't want to play as a chief with a with a, a you know br or ar and, and running around um with a heads up that has like cortana talking to you especially if they put speakers that could um you know if you could get like a little vibration they keep talking about this this haptic feedback in the headset but if every, every time cortana talked to you the little back of the headset could vibrate just a little bit because that's where the little you know obviously the little card goes in the back of there things like that i think would be interesting experiences um that you can't get through a controller uh, as good as the DualSense controller is as far as haptics go, that's something that you can't really emulate. Um, but I think with a VR headset, I'm hoping, I'm thinking big. I'm trying to think outside the box as far as what this could be because I, I do want this to succeed, even though I still think it is a very limited scope as far as like who can actually use VR and why you would want to use VR. I hope that the market uh, uh, procures some interesting experiences like like Half-Life Alex and stuff. So we'll, we'll have to see how this goes. Uh, I'd love to know if I'm the only one on this, if anyone else has been interested in the PSVR 2, uh, if you have a PS5 to be able to play with a, a PSVR 2. It seems like these consoles are just 
getting harder and harder to get. I think I saw uh, Xbox Series X bundle go up for Costco today when I was uh, surfing around on Twitter. Um, PS5 still seem to be completely out of stock everywhere to the point where they've, they're still selling the PS4 at this point, which is just absolutely insane. So uh, hopefully if you're interested in this stuff, uh, it excites you like it excites me. Um, I'm always in for trying to see like what the market's going to bear, uh, for this kind of stuff. But overall, I, I think there's still a long way to go for VR specifically, but, um, that's pretty much it for PlayStation news, um, outside of whether or not street fighter six is going to be a console exclusive or not. We found out that that, uh, got announced last Sunday, uh, which I guess would be Monday morning in Japan. Um, but they did, a, a put out a tweezer or tweezer, a, a teaser for street fighter six it had uh luke i think is was one of the characters from street fighter five and uh ryu and just man i don't know what they're doing that franchise it's a popular franchise it's street fighter it's like mortal Kombat, man it's going to be around forever but i just it's not my bag so i'm glad that people are excited about it uh that everyone was kind of making memes about the the trailer and how ryu looks like a bus and it's just absolutely insane uh, where they're going with that. I hope that's not actually how he looks. It would be it would be really weird to see him look like that. Uh, but I think that's it as far as uh, Sony news. So let's get into Nintendo and get out of here. Pokemon Day is being celebrated this Sunday. So if you don't know, February 27th is Pokemon Day. And in the year of our Lord 2022, it appears that there's not a whole lot going to be going on because apparently... Pokemon was just something they had to release before Pokemon Day, which I don't understand. Why not take uh, Pokemon uh, Legends of Arceus and uh, release it on February 24th or 25th and have Pokemon Day as a, like a, a full day celebration of uh, Pokemon going out and or people going out and capturing capturing Pokemon. I don't get it. Uh, but we did find out that there's some news that's been coming out little by little throughout the week to kind of help celebrate. Uh, there's a big thing going on with Pokemon Go on the 20, what is this, the 26th, which is this Saturday. Um, we don't know what it is yet, obviously, because it hasn't happened, but we did get some information. Uh, Pokemon Unite's getting some content. Cafe Remix was uh, talked about a little bit more as well as some uh, new raid events for Sword and Shield, if that's what you're interested in. Uh, and overall, just uh, some some good news. I think um, Pokemon Masters EX will add May and Latias as a sync pair from February 28th. Uh, and there will be an event called the Victory Road uh, that will feature a champion's in-game or uh, excuse me, feature the champion's in-game. Um, Pokemon Unite will get a special event challenge that will let players unlock the gardening st style Hollowware for Slowbro. Pokemon Cafe Remix will get a new feature called uh, Deliveries and More. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I think there's Pokemon Tour Johto, uh, which will focus on uh, trainers catching Pokemon from Gen 2, which is kind of cool. I love Gen 2. It was a good, good group. And uh, I think there was one more thing. Oh, the raid. Um, the new raid will be for Gigantamax Venusaur which if you've been wanting a Gigantamax Venusaur, Charizard, or Blastoise, uh, Pokemon Day is going to kick off with uh, those raid bosses coming in as well too. So um, Pokemon fans, real interesting group of people. Love them. I'm a diehard Gen 1 lover from back in the 90s. That was what I grew up with uh, back in high school. That was what we loved. It was all we had and we were happy with it. Uh, and we stuck to that gen, and I don't think we ever really moved on, as far as me talking to other people, at least. Um, I did end up playing through Pokemon Sword and Shield. I did like that. I never I never did actually get to finish the last boss. Uh, the last trainer for becoming a legend was so hard. It was just so unfair, considering I had no problem with the game all the way up until the very end. I'd beaten everyone first try and never had any issues with it, never had to worry about it. And then the last bosses were just absolutely ridiculous. So I never did actually get my uh, legendary Pokemon, but that's okay. I, I got enough through that game to, to know what was going on with it. And then I never played any of the other games other than uh, uh, Let's Go Pikachu, which I did beat. And uh, that was really fun. And that was also really hard towards the end. The dragons were just ridiculous. I don't know why the dragons got to be so overpowered. Uh, but overall, Pokemon, love it. A lot of people enjoy it. I didn't jump into Arceus again because the game just looks like poo. And I just, I, I there's so many other games that are doing open world just fine. 
I don't know why this one was having so many issues with pop-in and texture loading, which didn't actually seem to be a texture loading issue, just seemed to be bad textures. Uh, but I hope they I hope they move forward with kind of the unique aspects and mechanics from uh, uh, Legends and put that into a version that actually looks like the game had some time to actually develop the environments. They need to hire some environment people for, for Pete's sake. But that's it as far as Pokemon goes. Uh, and as far as Nintendo goes, uh, it was the 20 year or 22 year anniversary of what would have been the N64 DD drive, uh, which was going to... <laughs> It's such a bummer, man. Uh, it came out in, in Japan um, on February 23rd. It was the disk drive for the N64 system. Uh, I was always very excited about this. It was talked about in Nintendo Powers, and it was supposed to come with um, craftable dungeons, I believe, for Legend of Zelda or Arena of Time. Uh, and it was just, it was going to be one of those really cool things, man. And it just never made it over here. It never flourished. They ended up moving away from the Nintendo 64, uh, for good reason. I think there's a lot of first party games that were really great, but overall, I think the system, um, just did not have the legs that I think they wanted it to. And when they transitioned into the GameCube, they had a lot more interesting ideas about what games they wanted to come out with. And I think the GameCube was just overall a better successor even though I think if you look back, a lot more people are more nostalgic about the 64 just because of the first party titles, the rare titles, uh, the, the games that came out with the system. It was it was like one of the first games that really kind of introduced 3D environments and stuff on a console based system. Um, other than that, I think uh, Majora's Mask is now available for the Nintendo uh, Switch online service through the expansion pack. So if you're a huge Zelda fan like I am um, and you love Majora's Mask and you have a Nintendo Switch and you're paying the exorbitant amount of money for the expansion packs service, then you'll be able to play a really, 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 really old game, um, which actually I'm not a fan of the the Majora's Mask. I never liked it. I never beat it. I could never wrap my head around the uh, the three three days thing. I always hated the fact that every time the, the days reset, you lost all your gold unless you put it into I, I, I hated the resetting mechanic. I hated that. But I understand why they did it. I understand a lot of people enjoy it. It just, again, it's it's like Elden Ring, man. I'm just, it's not my thing. I, I have other games I was happy with. I just went back and played uh, Orcarina Time. But uh, I think that's going to do it as far as uh, the news goes. There wasn't really a whole lot outside of that that is worth mentioning, of course, because I'm not going to be talking about any of the rumors that came out, um, even though I think some of them are, are cool. I don't want to talk about them because, again, they're rumors and we don't know. So until we find out more or we get something announced uh, officially, uh, I won't be covering that stuff um, in the the weekly update. So, but that's going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you everyone who is listening. Thank you everyone to following and subscribing to downloading the episodes and making this show uh, something worth listening to. Because the reason I put it out is because I like following this stuff and I don't have a reason to talk about this stuff on Keelhauled, which is my CFE's podcast, if you don't know. Uh, so that's where I'm going to be talking about that. As far as the Shrouded Islands and stuff goes, it's all it's all really good stuff. So head over to there if you want to find out more about Sea of Thieves, which is one of the best games on the Xbox consoles. And other than that, I think that's going to do it. That's been your news for this week. You got caught up. Congratulations. Um, oh, and uh, I didn't add this in earlier, but we did find out that, um, what was it? It Takes Two uh, was the game that ended up winning from the DICE Awards for Game of the Year. So... Uh, if you if you wanted to know and you listen to the very end here and you're wondering if uh, why I didn't ever bother to to bring it out uh, apparently game design went to in game of the year went to it takes two uh, unpacking one for outstanding achievement in independent game which I think is a, a complete rob to things like death's door uh, as well as um, there's a couple other ones that came out as well that was really really good uh, death loop one for outstanding achievement in game direction uh, but it takes two was a game that ended up beating out uh all the other games for game of the year which is insane because that game's good but it's not i don't i don't think it's the bee's knees but you know what am i gonna say so anyway that's gonna do it for this episode of the xbox wrap-up uh i hope you guys are having a good night i hope you guys have a good week and stay tuned next week for the rest of the news uh of what's to come and with that that's the xbox wrap-up